In October, three NFL fans sat in a studio not fully knowing what to do and, with others, rambled on about the NFL for one hour. 50 episodes later, and despite the fact we're all isolated, nothing much has changed. We still ramble on and I still barely produce these episodes correctly. 27 NFL Blitzers and 23 episodes of the Sports Blitz bring us to this. Welcome to our 50th episode. Coming up on today's show, PSG are champions of France as Ligue 1 ends early. We discuss the implications for other leagues around the world. We step back in time and look at some of the moments from the pilot of the NFL Blitz. Plus, a new bubble for the NBA, the final of Kick Clash and the least news news report ever that's all coming up on Saturday's Sports Blitz. And welcome to the 50th episode. It feels like a great milestone here at the Sports Blitz and just time flies when you're having fun. This podcast is coming out on the 2nd of May 2020. Remember that the Sports Blitz can be found on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Breaker, TuneIn and Google Podcasts. And we have a great website with great articles and other audio content which can be found at the sportsblitzblog.wordpress.com. Okay, first of all we are going to have to touch on some very saddening news we heard this week. First of all, Jordan Cox, the former Warrington and Hull KR player, has died at age 27, which is absolutely no age and is absolutely terrifying to someone my age just it really is awful to think about someone going that early and also trevor cherry the former leeds and england defender passed away at age 72 of course our thoughts go out to all of the friends and family of both trevor cherry and jordan cox a few other things to go into we are going to start cutting down on episodes for the time being as you'll know me, Will and Josh are all third year students here and that means that we are coming into our final term here at university and we all have dissertations to do. And due to the time constraints that dissertations provide we are cutting down to one episode a week, we will still be doing the Tuesday show on University Radio York at 6pm Tuesdays and the podcast will be going up after that whenever, depending on how long it takes me to edit it after the show has been uploaded which seems to vary. But this is going to be the last Saturday podcast for a while, probably. Maybe until June. Which is good, because that's when all sports are expected to come back. So, yeah, this is the last Saturday show we're going to be having for the time being. And we'll get on to it now. The least news news report I've ever seen, which is from the York Press. Obviously, we are all University of York students, so I keep up with the local news in York. And suddenly, the news story came through that a man had found a very large chip in his dinner. That's it. That's the news story. Man finds really large chip in dinner. Apparently it was seven inches. So there's that. How interesting. It's not interesting. Anyway, with the least news news report out of the way, let's get into the 50th episode of the Sports Blitz. It still feels really weird to say that. The 50th episode of... Well, it's not the 50th episode of the Sports Blitz, but the 50th Blitz episode. Okay, so, joining me on this 50th episode special, we'll start how I, actually, I'll start the order I introduced you on the show, and I'll start actually for the two Divi NFL Blitz with me, with the original question, I said, I'm Alex Woodward, I'm the head coach, Josh, do you want to be my offensive or defensive coordinator? I feel like offensive is more to my tastes, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly um, what you said about them, weirdly enough. Exactly. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, how's how's lockdown treating you? 
Yeah, lockdown's treating me fine. How's lockdown treating Will, the now defensive coordinator? Like I pointed out, Bill Belichick was a defensive coordinator. And I would be happy to have such power over the dark side of the force. <laughs> lockdown's treating me okay, you know. Uh, weather's been pretty bad here in America, actually, so apparently I brought that with me from England. <laughs> weather's actually weather really nice up here. Yeah, I heard the weather was good in England. Yay. And I actually didn't introduce this next person until episode 28, which was, of course, our first episode of the Sports Blitz. Hello, Javi. Hello. I mean, I'm not really aware of what coaching role I'll have, so I'll be the team principal of um, this Grand Prix team. But, okay. About to say, if, if you're... I, I, I don't know what this is anymore, because it was an American football team at first, but now apparently I'll be the exe- If it's an NFL franchise, I'll be the executive director. Okay. Sounds like a good title. Well, actually, really there is only it. one more coaching role left, and I'm afraid you're special teams. Which is actually suited to you, because it's kicking. It's so, kicking, yeah. yeah. So special Something, teams. Yeah, sorry. special teams then. But also, that's where some of the best players... Didn't Belichick start off at special teams? Anyway, not the point. So, it's our 50th show, and... Yeah, what what memories we had, we've had in the past... Before we go into the main football news, I want to ask you this. There was a question on Pointless, the BBC show, mm. about yeah. lower league European footballers. So, Pointless final. So, obviously, you get three guesses, and one of the answers has to be Pointless. So, can you name, a po- can you give a Pointless answer to either teams in Italy's Serie B in 2018-19, teams in the second Bundesliga in 2018-19, or teams in Spain's Segunda Division in 2018-19? I mean, I'm going to write some down and decide which ones which ones are the most pointless yeah. ones. Um, so my thinking is... I, was so su- I, I did get a pointless answer, but I was very surprised it was a pointless answer. But also not surprised it was a pointless answer. Yeah. I, in Germany, I think Hanover or Hamburg got relegated. So Hanover's down there. Because they're the club that had never yeah. been relegated, and then did get relegated. I know Stuttgart are down there. Yeah. They're in the second division. And I think, I'm trying to work it out, were Dusseldorf in the top flight last season and then got relegated for this season? Or were they in the second division? This is for last season, isn't it? Yeah, 2018-19. See, I went all German teams because I I follow the second team, second tier in Germany. St. Pauli were not in the top division last season. I'm pretty sure. They got promoted, didn't they? You can tell me if I'm wrong, then I can decide pointless answers. Okay, that's Germany. They didn't get promoted. I just sorry, St. Pauli were already in the Bundesliga. I'm not telling you. Okay. In Italy, ooh, that's. I'll, I'll give you the. I'll oh, give you Lecce, like Lecce. Lecce have gone up. Yeah. Right. So there are eleven teams that were pointless answers. Four from Germany, four from Spain, three from Italy. Because it's interesting, I could tell you a team from the Serie C. Yeah. Which is Venezia. Well, I could tell you a lot of teams from the German third tier as well. Yeah. That was the issue. The teams I've written down, these are from each of these three leagues that I can think of that are not in the top division. Germany, Hanover, Stuttgart, St. Pauli and Dusseldorf. Now, Dusseldorf, I think... You can were... only give three final answers, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just... Yeah. I'm, I'm whittling it down. Dusseldorf, the way, they have think... a minute on the show. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I take my time. I, Dusseldorf I got relegated. 
Stuttgart and Hanover were there. In Italy, I've got Lecce, who got promoted, and now in the Calcio A, Calcio Serie A yeah. this season. Parma, I think, are still in the Serie A. So I'm going to rule them out. I'm also going to rule out Chievo um, because I think they've stayed two years in a row in the Serie A. The team that got that has been relegated recently has been there, I think, two years now. It's Hayas Verona. Hmm. And then from the Spanish leagues, Tenerife, Santander, and Ibiza. Right. So the three teams I'm going to go from, I'm going to go try and go from one from each, I reckon. Right. Uh, I'm going to go the team that people have forgotten about from Germany is... Because hmm. the thing is, the two teams that I'd say people would forget about. Oh, no. What about the second Munich team? Oh, it's 1860 Munich. 1860 Munich. Okay. Italy. Lecce. I'm going to go from Lecce. Lock that in as number one. Okay. So Lecce, Venezia, as much as I, yeah, as much as I'd like to put Venezia in, they play in the third tier of Italian right. football, not second, so they don't count. Then from Spain, Ibiza and Tenerife. Now, do Ibiza play in the second or the third division? I'm not sure. Tenerife though do play in the second tier, so I'm going to put lock in Tenerife. Okay, Tenerife. And I am going to go with. I mean, the thing is with Italian football, not many people know any other teams other than the ones in the top division. You've gone for an Italian team. I have already, so I might as well go for a German team to spread my losses. I thought that's what you were doing. So it's going to be between... I want to say St. Pauli were already in the the Bundesliga. But Stuttgart weren't, and Hanover weren't anyway. Right. Uh, And 1860 Munich. I'm going to go with a team that's been forgotten was Stuttgart. Stuttgart. So, yeah. if you were to order them from least likely to be pointless to most likely to be pointless. Okay. Least likely to be pointless would be Stuttgart. Stuttgart. Because it's a big city in, yeah. in Germany. Second one, I'm going to go with Tenerife. Tenerife. Because they do pop up now and again. Yeah. And the least known one would be Lecce. Lecce. Because they were quite a big story coming into the Serie A. Right, okay, so we'll start with Stuttgart. Stuttgart, actually, I'm trying to remember now. I think Stuttgart were in the second tier last year, mm. but they are not a pointless answer. Okay. Three, we'll say. Mm. Tenerife. Pointless! Yes! Tenerife yes. is a pointless answer. By the way, Ibiza do play in the third tier. Oh, and do they? What you find one, Lecce? Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know, and it's it's not correct. Weirdly enough, you did list another pointless answer. In fact, you listed two more pointless answers. Mine were SV Sandhausen, VFL Osnabrück, and Hamburg. Because I thought people would assume Hamburg are in the first tier. And Hamburg was a pointless answer. Hamburg was... Sorry, so it was Hamburg, not Hanover. Hanover were in the second tier, but it's not a pointless answer. Now, US Lecce currently plays in the Serie A. Mm. Lecce was not a pointless... I thought I said for having that. But anyway, for any of you listening at home, the other pointless answers were Livorno, Venezia... Venezia or Serie B? I had that as oh. Hellas Verona, who I think you also mentioned. So, FC Köln, Saint Pauli, which I was very surprised about. 
Hamburg, SV Darmstadt, which, again, yeah, sure. Malaga, were a pointless answer. Las Palmas, Mallorca was the final one. So, I'm not going to lie. All of them pointless answers. I thought about Malaga. Didn't mm. put it down because I thought they were in the the first division. No, I, I knew I knew they were in the second tier because on FIFA 19 I was going to start a career mode with them in the second tier. Oh, brilliant. Hellas Verona. But again, I, I kind of thought that'd be popular. That's exactly what I thought. Mm. Venezia, I thought were in the third division. Yeah. See, the reason I went for Hamburg in the end is because I thought everyone would just assume they're in the Bundesliga. Yeah, and I Hamburg, people, Bundesliga. I thought people would remember Cologne. I knew it was second mm. division because Tino Horn plays there. Yeah. And you pack him about six times a week on FIFA. Mm. It's a big risk, though, with if with SC Cologne because they're boing boing. Like Stuttgart, a boing mm. boing. And if I'm wrong about Stuttgart's position in the first, in the Bundesliga, in, or in the second Bundesliga in 2018 19, then great. That's unbelievable. And by the way, St. Pauli, I, I, I never lied to you. I yeah. I did correctly say they weren't promoted. It's just that they'd never been promoted. To the, well, they were last in the Bundesliga in 2010 11, I want to say. Oh, okay. So, yeah, they've not been in the Bundesliga for ages. Anyway. Let's actually crack on, because we spent 10 minutes on that. Let's crack on with our main news today. And let's start with soccer and the coronavirus. PSG are now the winners of League 1. They've been granted the league title by France after they decided to cancel the season. Promotion from League 2 is in place, and this has led to a bit of a controversy, because Omeyant are considering legal action. Lille, meanwhile, have released a statement condemning the, what they call, brutal decision but they, they're one point away from the Champions League as it stands on points per game. But they have said that they will accept the decision due to the extraordinary circumstances. I, I, I'm I, not a big fan of this, to be honest. I'm not a big fan of the points per game thing, but I do accept the reality that yeah. this is probably necessary. And it is better than voiding because I am not obsessed with Liverpool. So yeah, I, I don't think, think voiding both, the season's a good both thing. Both of us agreed that the best way to end the season, if we were to do it in the Premier League, would be to do what we agree is the best option, which is, I think your 1.5, wasn't it? Which is create a 22 yeah, I, team I, I, Premier League. I see year. that working. And I feel bad for Lille because they did incredibly well this season. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, it is brutal what they've done there. But a points per game basis... It's one way of doing it. You either points do that. per game basis is needed, and we know that from the National League North, where York are, I think, two points ahead of Kings Lynn, but Kings Lynn have four games in hand. Yeah, that's the sort of thing. It's that, or you backtrack and mm. you go, well, Kings well, Lynn have played 20 games, therefore yeah. we're going to do it from 20 games only. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the other thing they're suggesting is that it could be done on count back to halfway through the season because. One of the arguments against this, obviously, is that not everyone has played everyone. And, for example, this is the only example I can give with confidence. Leeds' running is significantly easier than the rest of the top seven. We'll, I think we, we're the only team who don't play another team. I know oh we play Fulham, actually. But if you rank all of the teams by points, Leeds has came out quite by a comfortable margin as easiest. And there are going to be teams who are in the relegation places who have that same thing with them. So... Yeah, I I, mean, for, I get that desire to do the count back to halfway. Yeah, however, talk, going to uh, the point we made about Amiens, and I, well, Amiens, if you are going proper, Amiens, Franglais. Yeah. Um, I would be in full support of them. Um, as I've said before, my my notion is actually you should expand every league, um, bar your 
final division mm. of professional football um, to make sure that everyone who's been promoted gets promoted yeah. and nobody gets relegated. Well, that, un- that, that stops an illegal challenge, doesn't it? Because the promoter teams aren't exactly going to... Actually, no, it wouldn't. Ignore me. Because I'm now just um, thinking, what about third place Fulham if they're not yeah, allowed however, to get promoted? However, in the difference is in... In some parts of um, Europe, they do playoffs. So Germany's yeah. very brilliant playoff system at the, at the bottom of the Bundesliga. Yeah, relegation playoff. Versus, yeah, versus the relegation to the top of uh, the third... Is it third bottom of the Bundesliga plays, third top of the Bundesliga yeah. two. That is... I quite like that. That's quite mm. fun. However... Um, oh, yeah, that's how Union Berlin got promoted, and I loved that. Yeah. So I think the Premier League, the EFL, have to get together and they have to say... Across all our divisions, we have a two-team automatic promotion and a two-team automatic relegation. Actually, yeah. a three-team automatic relegation in, in most conditions. So, other than League Two, League Two is the only yeah. one that has two relegations. I think. Um, I might be wrong. However, I think. Well, it's one this year. Is it? Yeah, oh, it's Bury. Yeah. yeah. However, um, I think what they have to do. I think Amiens are perfectly in their right to launch this legal challenge. Um, I think this is probably going to have to go to the, the European Sport uh, Court of Arbitration for Sport. Yay, them again. Um, them again. And I think there just has to be a ruling, and I hope that they rule conclusively. But I hope mm. that they rule to say any relegated team should not be dropped because it is basically crushing all these teams financially if they're just to relegate them without without any say. I mean, you know... Look at English football. We always say the most. The what do they call the championship playoff game? The, the playoffs. Most, no, no, no. They call it like the, the colloquial phrase, like the most expensive game in. in oh yeah, football. yeah, yeah. Because of the TV rights and all that sort of thing of getting to the Premier League. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's crushing if you go back down to the championship, especially if you've been spending ridiculously to stay up, Aston Villa. Mm. So and um, failing Aston Villa. I think they would have stayed up. I do um, not. That was where we disagreed. Um, that is where we, yeah. But, yeah, that was... Disagreement I, is what makes the world wonderful. Mm. And also awful. Yes. I'll be honest, I'm a politics student, so, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's move on to England then, back over to this side of the channel. And Premier League players have been told they're going to have to wear face masks in training. Premier League clubs are going to be presented with proposals to test players and officials at least twice a week if the government approves a plan for a return to full training. I, yeah, I agree with this. Yep, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with it. However, there has been some um, some quotes from players coming out, notably Sergio Aguero, who says, players are scared because they've got family and children um, who they don't want to infect mm. if they, they don't. And yeah, they're being put in harm's way. Yeah. Perfectly but- right. We are all but, scared, and yeah. there are going to be people going back to work over the next few weeks that are scared as well. In fact, actually, the one argument is football players get paid a ridiculous amount of money to do what their job mm. is anyway. Yeah, There are people working in frontline work at the moment who are doing an awful lot more to keep yeah, absolutely. the world ticking over. What they'd be doing is actually doing the country a service, Yeah, because by do- putting sport back on, it gives people something to be happy about. Hmm. I, and... I'll be honest as well though if we are in a state where medical professionals and the government think 
we are safe for at least this sort of return to football and they say we're scared that's perfectly valid but it's then not perfectly valid to go but i am still entitled to my wages like any of your wages at that point you are saying i am not going to oblige my contract yeah i mean which of course leaves us in this weird situation where league two is more pressure to go back than the premier league but that there was already doubts about whether league two is going to return at all yeah i think so the important league the most important league to complete i i hate to say it because i don't like condemning the efl is the premier league because you have to sort out all these other places we'll call them so you know you've got to sort out the european spots and who wins and who comes second and if they do at the relegation places as well whilst um the national leagues have already been cancelled haven't they so league two is I don't, yeah, I from, they... from the third tier of the national league downwards i believe oh okay Whereas, they avoid those leagues yeah they're still in consultation with teams from the national league and maybe the national mm. league north and south over whether they're going to do the same with their season yeah. i think just the important leagues would be the championship and the premier league to complete if not mm. i would I would like to see them do this thing where they expand the Premier League. I'd like to see the, I'd like to see the 22-team league. We do actually have a bit of breaking news as well, which is not breaking for you because you're listening to this on Saturday, or maybe later. The Premier League have confirmed that they are planning to complete the 2019-20 season, and that's on the basis of the UK government will allow them to. Mm. But they have now yeah. come to that decision. They are not rushing back. They are committed to finishing the season, quote, when it's safe. Yeah. It, is, it is important so to say just published that statement about half an hour ago yeah our government actually has been very good in publishing their full support for the premier league returning. yeah absolutely um because it's it, it, it's a, needed it's a it's a good distraction for it is a very for people in this country and other um, countries yeah and um actually it's something we didn't mention about in france but psg saying they want to play their champions league games in Qatar or another country which is corona free. I wonder so why Qatar. Get... I don't know either. But there was know. a weird story I saw today by somebody that said, well, if we can't play in England, send all the players off to some other country and let them finish the Premier League over there. I was like, Oof, that's a bit weird. But there is a lot of support for the Premier League returning. Um, I think they're mentioning this date between like June the 5th and June the 10th for a restart. That's about a month and... It's five weeks away. And that'd be nice. I'd like to see it sooner. But the problem is you've got to get players back from Brazil, in the case of Fernandinho and William, and other parts of the world where they've returned home. Get them back into full training, which takes quite a while. Um, and obviously a bit of actual training. Football training, rather than just fitness training. So, um, yeah, it'll, it's going to take some time. But um, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be honest, it is quite adorable seeing all the people responding to the Premier League who quite clearly are just interested in not seeing Liverpool win the league. I think Oh, it's brilliant. Yeah, just absolutely in tears. I've never seen such hatred for another football club. I I like I said on the sports before, I don't care about Liverpool at all. They are neutral to me. I, I don't like them, I don't hate them. I've got more important things to deal with in my life. But just mm. the amount of hatred that's come out for them this this year has just been phenomenal and to see them people crying is absolutely perfect i, I mean, like idiots getting what they deserve and this is that 
But let's talk about another person who is not a big fan of Liverpool, and that's Liverpool's mayor, someone, he's Joe Anderson. Outspo- he's very outspoken this I time. I believe it's Joe Anderson, right? Who mm. has said that if Liverpool win the league, there will be many people on the streets and they will be risking the lives of many of us. First of all, the Premier League has quite clearly, and I don't, know, I don't get how this is not getting through to people, have said they are not going back until it is safe to do so. So when it is safe to do so, it will be safe for people to go out, probably. But also, I, I, I actually do want to quickly mention as well, if people were that strongly pro-safety, they would have already said, let's void 2020-21 instead. Let's get this season over when we can. It'll probably take till 2021 anyway to start it. And let's just void next season. But no, no, because Liverpool aren't winning next season. So next season's fine. It's this season that's the problem because Liverpool are winning this season. But anyway, Joe Anderson has said that there'll be loads of people on the streets celebrating and passing coronavirus around. And what will that do to our lovely hospitals in Liverpool? Quick question, what do you think it says under the first line of his Wikipedia page under the section personal life? Joe Anderson's Wikipedia page, personal life. Everton fan. Joe Anderson is a lifelong Everton fan. I'm not gonna I'm not going to um say that he is biased and just thinking about Everton Football Club, but I'm certainly thinking it. Mm. Actually, no, I'm mm. just gonna say it. He is doing that. Yeah. I mean Unfortunately, if you're the mayor of a city which lives for football at times, yeah. right, you most cannot of the time. just say, you cannot just say, "Oh no, I don't, I don't want this." Yeah, I don't want this. Yeah, it is. Think what it's will happen is someone else will get childish. voted in in the next elections. Yeah, best of luck, Joe. At least he's got the Evertonian vote. And arguably, Everton are the local team, kind of like Man City, Man United in Manchester. But mm. I, I would say definitely less so. So yeah, just not surprising, and Liverpool have come out and condemned his response because, and I cannot stress this enough, it is beyond stupid. I, as you know, I'm a Leeds fan, and I can say, once again, I cannot believe I have to stress this on this show, I will not be going out to celebrate if Leeds win the title or get promoted. I'm going to do it in this house. No, what you're going to do is burn the shirt you got um, promoted in, aren't you? What? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, so, you don't own that I, shirt, I don't, do you? No, I don't own that shirt. I own the 94, 95 shirt. That's my favourite In fairness, shirt. you might just buy the shirt just for the sake of saying, we got promoted in this shirt. No. No. I'm fine. You're not going to remember if, it if, like that? If I was to buy one, if I was to buy yeah. one, it would be the Away kit. Pink, the grey and pink one because that's actually okay. It's quite a nice kit, actually. It is. Any other year, I would have said, oh, that's a wonderful kit. But it's like this year, it's like... Uh, yeah. It's not quite like the Chelsea home kit. Very nice kit, which unfortunately, unfortunately, is not so popular with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, Liverpool issued a response condemning the mayor of Liverpool for his very stupid words. Mm. Let's talk about other nations real quick. Professional sports people in Spain have been given the go-ahead to return to training from the 4th of May as part of the country's plans to get out of lockdown. Germany's Bundesliga will have to wait a week to find out about a possible restart date as the government have delayed a decision over resumption. And Syria say all teams in the league have the will to finish the season. That was a report today, so that's nice to see. I need football in my veins. The other story that came out, it was a brief sort of rumour I've seen. Is that the EFL Cup may be cancelled next season? 
um, if oh, the Premier no. League ends up getting expanded to 22 teams. Someone's been reading my article. Really? Some genius. Not, not the EFL Cup. Oh, the Carabao Nobody Cares Cup. Oh, no. Oh. The one that decided to have a draw in Morrison's. <laughs> that was it's, the weirdest thing. It, it is a joke of a competition. It is absolutely a joke. It's that and the Johnstone no Paint Trophy. Oh, the Johnson's Paint Trophy. Oh, what fun memories we don't have in that. <laughs> Got knocked out by Bury and Carlisle and Rotherham. Mm. Great years. Wonderful years. Um, let's go on to the next story then. And it, you want to tell me about Kieran Trippier, do you? Yeah, so the thing about Kieran Trippier is he's just... This is breaking news for us on a Friday. You, This will be published on Saturday. And Can you do a Jim White impression? You'll be yes. I'll one second. You'll be re- you'll be listening to this podcast sometime in November. Yeah. But we have but we have breaking news, and it is that Kieran Trippier has been charged by uh, the FA for alleged betting breaches, and this has come dur- during his transfer between Tottenham Hotspur and Atletico Madrid. Yes. So he's been charged. Um, this has literally just happened this afternoon on Friday, the first of May. So that's six months ago. If you're listening to this in November. We don't know what will happen now, but uh, this is big news. I think this will probably affect his chances of getting into any England squad in the next 12 months um, because that's a naughty boy move, doing that. Uh, Daniel Sturridge, I think, got banned from playing football for six months as a result. Um, that was during his time when he got sent over to Turkey uh, on loan or free. I can't remember what it was, but he's yeah not been playing since. Um, so we shall see what happens, which is a shame for Trippier because I think... If it, if he's proven guilty, this is actually, we should mention, innocent until proven guilty. He's been playing very well for Madrid. Um, and for me, if I was, you know, making uh, an alternative team of the season across Europe, he'd be my right back instantly. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, um, very surprising. I didn't expect this at all. One thing that is expected, though, is the takeover of Newcastle United. And one thing that you should expect if you've been following the takeover of Newcastle United is more controversy around the takeover of Newcastle United. Mm. And the fiancé of murdered journalist Jamal Khashoggi has said that the Premier League should block the takeover of Newcastle by Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. Now, I, I wouldn't usually get into politics, but it, despite the fact I'm a politics student, but I, I really feel like we need to for this because there are a lot of Newcastle fans who are like telling her to shut up or saying weird things that make no sense. And that has really angered me, to be honest. Yes, yeah, I think it's ab- it is absolutely vile and disgusting. Let me remind everyone what happened. Jamal Khashoggi was a journalist at the Washington Post. He said some things that were critical of Saudi Arabia's regime, and rightfully so. He walked in to a Saudi Arabia consulate in Turkey and was chopped to pieces. He was brutally murdered by the Saudi Arabia regime. And you have a problem with her having a problem with them? Oh my god! Yeah. Um, you vile thing. animals. It's it's a terrible thing that, you know, Newcastle fans are like celebrating the takeover um, by the Saudi public investment fund. Because yeah. the human rights breaches in that country are unbelievably abysmal. It's just awful. And it's the sad thing is, is Newcastle have gone from one terrible person owning their club to another group of people who are even worse. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Because uh, 
thankfully in this country we don't have this problem human mm. rights breaches in that sense it's absolutely it, they are a far away team and i i get it and i i for the newcastle fans who really want to be successful but also don't want to be owned by some of the worst people on planet earth I get that conflict as a Leeds fan who is linked with Qatar. I'll be honest, I don't want them to buy Leeds. I would rather have Jed York and the 49ers buy Leeds, which is another rumour, well, because should, you, they don't, yeah. you know, breach you human rights. It's Red Bull. Like, Red um, Bull. Ipswich have been rumoured with. Um, because yeah, but then again, they, they brand you after them, and I don't want to become Red yeah, Bull that's, Leeds. That's, Leeds United would never want to become Red Bull Leeds. Yeah. I mean, they'd they buy not. it. They probably would, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but equally, Newcastle have been linked, supposedly, the um, Sports Direct man, Mike Ashley, I'll, I'll name him mm. this time, has al- already begun negotiations with an American consortium that will take over Newcastle if the Saudi Arabia Public Investment Fund's deal with Newcastle United should fall through yeah. in the high courts. And that's the thing Mike Ashley does. He's a bit of a naughty words. Wheel of deal. Um, yeah. But, you know, you look at the, the running of American owners in uh, mm. this country for football clubs. You've got Arsenal, Man United and Liverpool. Now, Liverpool are fine at the moment, but this has been thing. Uh, what, which was it? Was it the Astros, actually? The, the owners of Liverpool own another big American. Yeah, the Boston Red Sox. Is it the Red Sox? Yeah. And there was stuff about that. Um, mm. oh, bit of lightning outside. Um the Glazers at United are deeply unpopular, yeah. despite shelling out a lot of money. And then, um, is it the Karenkis? The Kronkies. Yeah, at Arsenal. Um, are also just a bit iffy, because I mean, yeah. they've had to spend money on a stadium, but they always, you know, it's all yeah. about profit, apparently. But just to go back to Newcastle, mm. obviously they've been pointing out, Newcastle fans who are also complete morons, imbeciles, the worst. I've been pointing out that there are already a lot of bad people in the Premier League and why now that it's their turn to be a rich club, should it should should uh, it yeah. change? I mean the thing is they keep pointing out, oh but what about Man City? But what about Standard Chartered? But what about this? But what about that? That's the problem. You're identifying the problem. There are too many awful people involved with the running of football because they give more money. And that's not good enough. That's not acceptable. And the conclusion you should be drawing is none of this is right and it should be all kicked out. Not, but it's our turn to be successful now. Yeah, I mean, I can't talk. Roman Abramovich has had many questionable things made at him in recent times. Um, This is, this is when I say it's okay to support the team without supporting the club. Yeah, that's one thing. You, I mean, who's you don't British... have you don't have to blindly support the ownership of a of a club by supporting mm. the team. You can just support the team. I mean, I a couple of years ago, Leeds went to Myanmar on pre during their pre season, which was sports washing. It was just sports washing, sports washing the awful Rohingya crisis, and I did not feel comfortable giving money to the club for a significant period of time. I boycotted mm. them for pretty much two years. There has been one person who's been looking to buy football clubs for a couple of years now, and that's Jim Ratcliffe, Britain's richest man. So Jim yeah. Ratcliffe, he recently bought Nice. Um, and Dinios, well, Sky, which yeah, he named Dinios. He's um, actually looking, apparently he'd been looking to buy Chelsea, uh, yeah, and well, yeah. had been rumoured with a couple of other clubs, including Newcastle. Now, I don't know if he's, you know, 
a fair person or if he's good, bad or ugly. It's a case of a lot of people in this world who have a lot of money, and, and you know, we're talking, unfortunately, it's, you're looking at oil-made people, quite yeah. often don't have a great human rights record in particular, mm. Qatar, Saudi Arabia, um, Russia. That's nothing against, you know, those people, but it's just the people who have all that money quite often have done dodgy things in the past to get there. Mm. And uh, I don't I don't know what will happen. If it mm. can be proved, or, you know, that the owners or one of the owners, prospective owners of the new Newcastle United had been directly involved in this assassination, then... That would kill it. Kill it instantly. However, I doubt that can be proven. Yeah. Because none of the blood would have been on their hands. Mm. And no, that, that, yeah, that's the whole point of. Yeah, good luck trying to find the direct trips. order between A and B. Anyway. So, yeah. Anyway, we'll move on. Okay, let's move on to the NFL then. And the big story in the NFL. This week is that the Bengals have officially released Andy Dalton, the man who has started there for about 85 million years, it feels like, now since Carson Palmer left. is no longer a Cincinnati Bengal. I think that clears up about $17 million in cap space for them. What is your immediate reaction to this? If the Patriots get him, all hope is lost. <laughs> I, th- I think that is more than reasonable. You-, you think of the fact that Winston went to the Saints for 1.1 million. The Patriots have 1.7 million available in cap space. They can get him to play there for less than a million a year. I mean, maybe. I, I-, I could see that happening quite easily. Yeah, I- it just it depends how magnetic Bill Belichick is as a coach that you'd be willing to accept such a drastic pay cut. Yeah. Well, at this point, it's not a pay cut, is it? Because... Well, yeah, he's unemployed. He's currently earning no pounds, or no dollars. Yeah, he also earned 17 million last year, so... Yeah, that's fair. But no team is giving him 17 million. What's your other option to back up Ben Roethlisberger? I'd take it. Hmm. I mean, uh, Panthers could pick him up. Yeah. But again, he'll be a backup to Teddy Bridgewater. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Jameis taking the one point one million really surprises me, but also really makes me interested in his future because yeah. it's not a lot of times to see NFL players willing to take such a drastic hit to their I, I think know, it's finances, smart, especially because be he's come. Yeah, but I mean, he, you know, he's coming off of his rookie contract. You know, this is the point now where you'd expect him to start cashing out and having the payday, but he's not. He's willing to learn under Shaw Payton. He's willing to learn under Drew Brees. You know, he's got LASIK surgery now, so. Oof. Hmm. That is going to be a hell of a time. Okay, and the interesting thing is is that the Panthers decided in the end they couldn't trade Cam Newton. There just wasn't a trade market for him, so they released him. The Bengals probably did the same. They tried to trade Andy Dalton. They couldn't, and so they released him. So the other team I want to talk about is for Chicago Bears. Does this make them look incredibly stupid for giving up a fourth for Nick Foles? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, no, this yes. is pretty bad. Absolutely. And so, three big free agents now left on the market. There's Andy Dalton, there's Cam Newton, 
there's the other guy. Joe Flacco. Joe. There we go. Where are them three next year? Flacco is in the CFL. <laughs> or he's backing up someone Patriots. making... Yeah. So who to the Patriots? A Dalton. Dalton to the Patriots, yeah, I see that. Just uh, because, you know, looking at the system, uh, the way sort of Belichick is, and the fact that Dalton seems to thrive when he's got a decent team around him, but can come across as a little bit tin pot when he doesn't, he's not a... I, I don't think he's a long-term option, for sure, but I think it's not an awful way to go in for the next season or possibly two. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I really don't know what's going to happen with Newton and Flacco. They yeah. have to just accept backup jobs at this point. The league seems pretty settled yeah. with its quarterbacks and it seems like they're settled outside. Meanwhile, the Buccaneers have officially exercised the fifth-year contract option on tight end OJ Howard. Now, you might remember when Rob Gronkowski signed with the Buccaneers, OJ Howard said... He did not want to be there anymore. Does this show he's changed his mind and has said to ownership, I am okay with staying here? Or am I trying to read tea leaves that don't exist? It feels a bit like tea leaf reading, but, you know, you know, for OJ Howard, it might actually be a good thing to stay in the Buccaneers. He might end up getting a ring this year. Gronk is fragile, so he's probably going to get playtime anyway. Yeah. Um, and, you know, who knows? If Bruce Arians is willing to introduce a two-tight-end system, then it's very possible that uh, they could do very well this year, and he would get playtime anyway, so, you know, why not? Okay, so as we've mentioned on this show thus far, it's our 50th episode of A Blitz Show. Yay! Yay! It was Josh and Will, who are here with me now, who joined me on the original episode of the NFL Blitz, which aired on October 8th, 2019. We went through every game in the NFL that week, which was week five, but how much do our two presenters remember about that week? Well, let's find out, because we're doing another random fixture review, except it's not random, it's week five of the 2019 NFL season. Um, If you're within three points, you get three points on your prediction you have to get the correct team and if you just get the team who won correct you get one point okay we're gonna go in the same order we did on that episode and we're gonna start with the game of the week the chicago bears at the oakland raiders first of all oh go on Uh, are we supposed to predict who won yeah raiders won bye Seven? Seven. Josh. Do you want an exact score or just the No, team by points. Say Oakland by... Ah, that's so tough. Uh, Oakland by ten. Oakland by ten. You both get one point on the opening game. It was Chicago 21, Oakland 24. Do you remember where this game was Ah, held? It was Oakland by... Yeah, it was at London, I remember. It was in London, it was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Oakland started with a 17-point lead and then gave up 21 straight points for Chicago Bears and then went on a 13-play drive for 97 yards to win the game. Quite interesting, the one thing I want to mention again from this game was that the 24th overall pick that Chicago traded for Khalil Mack turned into Josh Jacobs 
Josh Jacobs in that game recorded 120 yards and two touchdowns against Chicago's defense with Killio Mack in. Mack himself only got three tackles. So, awesome. That sort of seemingly justified the Khalil Mack trade, but obviously it didn't because Khalil Mack's still fantastic. Um, both teams dropped to three and two. We were talking about how good Mitch Trubisky is and how better Chicago would be if Mitch Trubisky came back, which, you know, no. No. In a word, yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next game then. The Los Angeles Rams over Seattle Seahawks on the Thursday night football. I feel like the Rams won this one because this is when we still considered them a good team. Okay, so Rams by... Four? Rams by four. And Josh. Just... I'm a little bit biased now because just coming off the back of Wilson's season, uh, but like you say, uh, things change so quickly uh, in the NFL season. I feel like the Rams were vaguely better, but I'm still going to say I'm going to say Seahawks. I'm going to say by three. Seahawks by three. Los Angeles Rams twenty-nine, Seattle Seahawks thirty. A one-point gap. That means Josh gets three points because he was within three. And it was Greg Zerline missing a 44-yard field goal with 11 seconds to go to give the Seahawks a win. You mentioned that Russell Wilson was a MVP candidate last year, and he was in this game as well. 17 passes completed out of 23, 268 yards, 4 touchdowns, 0 interceptions, a quarterback rating of 151.8. Jared Goff, on the other hand, only had 83.3. And... If you want to go back and watch anything from any of these games that we're going to mention today, I highly recommend the Tyler Lockett catch, because we talked about that for like a solid three minutes on the show. It was that spectacular, and I went back and watched it again, and just wow, incredible. Let's go on to the next game then, and it was the Indianapolis Colts at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is, no, yeah, yeah, no, the Colts beat the Chiefs, I want to say by like Four, because this was when the AFC South was kicking at the Chiefs, and this is when Patrick Mahomes was a bit shaky and or injured. And Josh. Yeah, um, I was going to say, this is another one where I could have been misled just because of the way things uh, have panned out and uh, how the Chiefs sort of got their act together, so to speak. But I am going to say the Colts as well. Um, and I want to say by three. By three. Just scraping in there with three points. It was Colts 19, Chiefs 13. Colts win by six. Justin Houston returned to stop Kansas from getting a vital fourth down on their final drive to win the game on Sunday Night Football. If you remember, it was the game, the first of two games, I think, in which Patrick Mahomes was injured by one of his own teammates because he was kicked in the ankle by another Chief. So... You know, wasn't that right? Yeah, because they were trying to run a QB sneak, and then Mahomes got injured in the pile. Yeah, and the Colts had a 14-play, 35-yard drive covering eight minutes and 34 seconds. Wow! Which finished with a Vinatieri field goal, which is fascinating. It was the first loss for Kansas that season. I remember that's when we thought Jacob E. Brisket could actually do something. Oh, give me a bit of that, Jake Brisket. Okay. I do like to reminisce about the past. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's go on to the next game then. The Ravens at Steelers. Ravens won by three. 
Ravens won by three. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we were waxing lyrical about uh, Lamar Jackson and an absolutely unstoppable Ravens. Um, unstoppable being uh, that word. Um, <laughs> I want to say Ravens by ten. Ravens by ten. Well, still not good over this game. It went to overtime. The Steelers deferred, got the ball back, fumbled, and Justin took a kick to game-winning field goal. Ravens 26, Steelers 23. Will was spot on, a Ravens victory by three points. Nice, fair play. You were really sad about this game, so I remember it happening. Yeah. You were like, oh, it's in overtime, and then, oh, no, we fumbled. Yeah. Uh, unfortunate. A Steelers story. Yeah. So, going back through my notes in this game, just Steelers' offense again managed to just mess it all up. The the weird thing is at this point is that we could have quite easily won this game, quite easily won the game against the Seahawks in week two and the game against San Francisco in week three, and that would have meant we weren't on a one and four record. And of course, this was the game in which Mason Rudolph had his hit that required the mask coming off and quite clearly heavily concussed. Oh, yeah, okay. And all that. Which meant we briefly touched on a quarterback by the name of Devlin Hodges. We didn't mention anything else. We didn't have any duck jokes. It was just Devlin Hodges at the time because we didn't know what meme lord he would essentially become. (laughs) The only positive I mentioned for the Steelers was the defence, which had been having a bit of a renaissance, and this game proved it. You mentioned how you were talking about the unstoppable Ravens and Lamar Jackson. He looked perfectly stoppable in this game. He was not at top MVP form, and that was down to the incredible defence. And I know what you're thinking. I'm not going to say it. Let's go on to the next game. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go on to the next game, then. The Green Bay... I didn't say it! (laughs) The Green Bay Packers at the... By the way, Will 7, Josh 8 at the moment. The Green Bay Packers at the Dallas Cowboys. I still still think that the Green Bay probably have shit the edge in this, even though they seem to be so much better at Lambeau. Um, I can't remember whether this was the point where the uh, Dallas Cowboys were imploding or not, but I'm going to take a stab at Green Bay. I'm going to say by three. Green Bay by three. Green Bay by seven. Green Bay by seven. And Will, once again, gets three points. Green Bay by ten. Green Bay Packers, 34. Dallas Cowboys, 24. Aaron Jones rushed for four touchdowns for the Packers, and Prescott gave up three interceptions as the Packers gave a win in Jerry World. Aaron Rodgers was unbeaten at Jerry World after this game. Still 5-0. Four games against the Cowboys and one game in the Super Bowl who they in which they beat... Um, no. No, it's lost me. But I know they definitely didn't deserve to win it because that other side was definitely better. Not bitter. You don't particularly remember the name of the side at all. It's uh, surprising there, Alex. Your NFL launch is usually so good. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine what would spur this. this I, don't, I don't know, but it's definitely not my bitterness. Uh, no, not at all. Just over 55% of all Packers' yardage went to Aaron Jones for running back, whether through the air or on the ground. And of course, this was the game in which Jason Gavitt got done for for angrily throwing a flag in front of a referee. 
And when Jerry Jones was questioned about this flag-throwing incident after the game, he went, quote, I hope the little darling didn't hear something he hadn't heard before, end quote. He, he seems nice. Yeah, he's, he's taken that well. I, yeah. I admire that, yeah. Yeah, he's... Classy yeah. Jerry, as per usual. The Cowboys were 3-2 and two at this point, and the Packers were 4-1. and one. The next game was the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Carolina Panthers. That's tough. Oh, gosh, yeah, this the, is uh, tough. Dynamics of what was going on in Week 5. Um, I want to say Jags by... I still want to... S- I'm going to say Jags. Um, risky, but three. Yeah, Jags three, by, by three. three. Panthers by, by six. Panthers by six. Will getting three points yet again... Jaguars 27, Panthers 34. Christian McCaffrey ran for 237 yards and three touchdowns in a career-high game on the ground. Even though Minshew did actually do quite well in this game. 26 for 44, 374 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, a 101.9 passer rating. At this point, the question I asked first was, is Christian McCaffrey MVP or the best MVP candidate? If they could have sustained it, then quite possibly. But, you know, mm. yeah. Alex, then they kind of collapsed. What can I say? Yeah. Love a bit of Minshew magic. Yeah. Be- no, I mean, wouldn't be distracted by Minshew's magic? Mm. Entering this game, Minshew had a completion percentage of 69.420%. I mean... It's still a bit of that. He's doing yeah. it on purpose at this point. Mm. Yeah. Okay, let's go on to the next game. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the New Orleans Saints. Will 13, Josh 9. Saints by, like, 10. Saints by 10. So, what did you say, Josh? Saints, definitely. I'm not sure. Uh, Saints by 7. Saints by 7. Josh is spot on. Will is just... In enough to get um, all three points as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers 24, the New Orleans Saints 31. Backup quarterback Teddy Bridgewater threw for 314 yards and four touchdowns. Bridgewater had now won all three games as starting quarterback. He had a rating of 131.3. Jameis Winston, meanwhile, nearly threw four interceptions, but did have a pass rating of 104.6. Yeah, so Winston doing Winston things. Winston basically. doing Winston things. I'm sure New Orleans looking forward to more Winston things. Then again, his <laughs> eyes work now. Arizona Cardinals at Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, this was obviously a 30-point win for Cincinnati. I'm not sure how you could believe anything else. Really. Okay, I'm locking in that Scott now. <laughs> um, no, no. Uh, Arizona by 14. Arizona by 14. Uh, I'm going to say this was the Arizona Cardinals because I'm pretty sure the Bengals didn't win until much later. By, I'm going to say, 14. 14. First time in a while you haven't got one spot on. In fact, you said, Josh, jokingly, Bengals by 30 points. Bengals 40, Cardinals... No, I'm joking. (laughs) Cardinals 26, Bengals 23. Only a Cardinals three-point win. They had to wait until the last second. Zane Gonzalez kicking the winning field goal. 
The Cardinals ran for 266 yards, Kyler Murray running for 93 of them. And at this point, we were debating whether the blame for the Bengals lied with injury or whatever else. It was actually the first Cardinals win of the season. They were now at 1-3-1. and The Cleveland Browns at the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, let me think. Um, it's... Um... Wow, okay. Um... I mean, obviously, San Francisco, I'm just trying to figure out how, by how much they will have beaten them into the ground. Uh, San Francisco by nine. San Francisco by nine. Browns by three. Browns by three. That's a bit off. You said the Browns won by three. They actually only put up three points in total. Browns 3, 49ers 31. The 49ers winning by 28 points. Matt Brader ran 83 yards for a touchdown on the very first play of the game. Awesome stuff. And they didn't get much better from them. The Vikings at the Giants. Will, I'll let you take the lead with that one. We lost bad. I'm going to say we lost by, like, seven. Seven? I'll join you in that mm. one. Okay. And both get one point. Vikings 28, Giants 10. That's it. That's all I have on this game. Yep, that's Falcons yep. at... Actually, in all fairness, the Darius Slayton pass catch was very good. So there's that. Falcons at Texans. Yeah. It's five matches to go. I want to say uh, the Texans... Texans by 14. Uh, okay. Uh, Texans by 10. Texans by 10. Okay, I can do maths. I, I thought I was counting it up wrong, but I wasn't. Atlanta Falcons, 32. Houston Texans, 53. A Scurrigami game. Yay! Wow. Yay. Say, Deshaun uh, Watson throwing for a career high 426 yards and five touchdowns. Just wow, that's a. How is DeAndre Hopkins? Game right there, yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't. I'm only reading the stats no, I wrote down. Denver Broncos at Los Angeles Chargers. Was Flacco still playing in Week Five? I want to say Chargers by like six. Chargers by six. Uh, Chargers by three. Chargers by three. Denver Broncos, 20. Los Angeles Chargers, 13. The first win of the season for the Broncos. Philip hmm. Lindsay ran 414 yards and a touchdown. And we're asking whether he was the most un- underappreciated running back in the league. The Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. Bills by 10. Bills by 10. I'm trying to remember if the Bills, uh, no, excuse me, the uh, Tennessee Titans had a uh, lesser or higher than 0.5 winning record because we know about the Bills being able to win or lose depending on that. Um, Bills by 6. Bills by 6. The Titans entering the game had a 2-2 two two record, and they dropped to 2-3. Buffalo Bills, 14. Tennessee Titans, 7. 
Yeah, that's, I haven't. Oh, um, the kicker for the Titans, a guy called Santo, cool, missed four field goals. Oof. Was he sacked nice. afterwards? I yes, yes, he was. Because they hired um, Cody Parkey straight after the game. Right. Hence leading to Will's um, Donkey Kong and Super Mario <laughs> comment, which I will never forget. New England Patriots at Washington. Two more to go, and Josh trails by three. Squeaky bum time. I've got a feeling Will might get this one correct. Uh, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Pats seven. Pats by seven. Yeah, I take the Pats over to the uh, Washington Redskins by seven. By seven. Neither of you being a bit. Neither of you being brave there, going for close games. It was actually New England 33, Washington 7. So huh. that's great. Oh, and next week, okay. Washington travel to Miami. So, you know. Tankful, tankful. <laughs> and finally, because Wash- uh, Miami won a bye that week, finally New York Jets at Philadelphia Eagles. I want to say Eagles by 6. Eagles by six. Yeah, I'm going with the Eagles as well. Um, three. Eagles by three. Again, not even close. A complete blowout. New York Jets six. Philadelphia Eagles thirty-one. Who was the quarterback for the Jets? Sam Donald. Nope. I just had a weird brain thing there and all Chad Pennington I don't know <laughs> no this was when they were in the midst of their injury crisis at quarterback oh no it was Sam Donald was out for mono yes Sam Donald was out for mono <laughs> it was Luke Falk no. and Luke oh, Falk goodness. had a passer rating of 37.3 and was sacked 10 times that's unfortunate. <laughs> Just Ooh. absolutely fantastic. If you want to listen to episode one of us of the NFL Blitz, and I highly recommend you don't, because <laughs> let's face it, we were we were new at this. Indeed. And I I really I will be honest, I really botched the intro. But if you want to listen to it, it is still on URY, so do that if you want to. Final score, Will 24, Josh 21. So well done to Will on winning random Ooh. fixture. Thingy, majiggy. That's a great name. We'll stick with that. Indeed. Okay, so it's finally time for the moment. It is the finale of Kit Clash. Woo! Yay! Get in there, lads. Join Kit Clash. Well, Is it coming back for series two. Maybe I don't know. We'll have to speak to the ne- We'll have to yeah. We'll have to speak to the network executive. <laughs> right. So here's how it works. In worst kit, we have eight kits. In best kit, we have sixteen kits. It, it's a single elimination based on our votes, based on a bracket tournament layout, and we'll just keep voting kits off until we have a. Vote for worst kit and a vote for best kit. We're going to start with the eight kits nominated for worst kit. And it's organised in position of league and alphabetical order. So, we'll start with the first vote. And that is 
the one seed, Crystal Palace, taking on the eight seed, Stevenage. And I'm going to go with Stevenage. I mean, I'm sorry, Stevenage. I, need this, I need to write this down and look them up again. I think it's Steve, Stevenage's Burger King kit, which is absolutely yep. appalling. Yeah. So yeah, yeah Stevenage, Stevenage for me. Takes the, uh, the biscuit, I think, boys. And Stevenage gets all four yeah. votes again, unanimous. Again, I, I sort of think the Crystal Palace kit is nearly a good kit, but just commits too many sins. It's quite popular in some in some worlds. Yeah, not our world, but well, not some our world. Clearly, because it's on worst kit. Away, yes. yes, the Telegraph loved it. Wigan Athletic, yeah, Wigan Athletic versus Coventry City. I'm voting Coventry. Uh, I'm going to vote Wigan. I'd be surprised if you voted Coventry, yeah. have it. Have you nominated it for best, best kit? Yeah. Yeah. I quite liked it. In a dramatic U turn of events, yes. Yeah. Uh, no, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll join you with Wigan there. Wigan? Ooh. Yeah, I'll go with Wigan. Wow, surprising. And that means Wigan is through to the. Semi-finals of Kit Clash. Charlton Athletic versus Rochdale. I'm going to go with Charlton's. I actually need to look up these kit. I know Charlton's, what was Rochdale's? Uh, where's R? So, yeah, I'm going to go my vote for worst kit goes to Rochdale out of these two. I think I'll choose Charlton. Charlton? Mine mine goes to Rockdale purely based on sponsor. You know, one of them. Okay. Right, so that means we have a 2-2 tie, and that means we're going to have to go to a tiebreaker. And my tiebreaker for this, the solution is asking my dad. So I'll be back in a bit once I've asked my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. I'll be honest, I, I was quite surprised with how better Rochdale's and Charlton's kits look in real life. But after consulting with my dad, he decided to go with Rochdale. So Rochdale wins three votes to Woo! two. Okay, that was weird. And finally, we're going to the final one. Southampton versus Exeter. I'm going to go with Exeter's. I I mean, it's, it's the clash of the red and white stripes of black. And I actually think the worst of the two kits is Southampton's. I'll be honest, I don't hate either of these kits, it's just the ugly sore form sponsors, and Exeter's has an uglier sore form of sponsor. Yeah, I'm hate... going with Exeter for the sponsor. I hate that black strip. Yeah, I'll, jo I'll join you with that one, yeah. Uh, Exeter. Exeter. Exeter wow. wins three votes to one. Harry is the second person to lone wolf on a vote today. Um, so, Exeter, right. Semi finals, then. And first we start with Stevenage versus Wigan, Stevenage. <laughs> Stevenage. Yeah, Stevenage. I'm, just, I'm gonna check quickly to see how bad Stevenage is really is. I could I do feel like it is bad. bad. Yeah, it's very it bad. Is. Oh yeah, no no no. Stevenage. That Stevenage. is, a, that is once again Stevenage player. gets a unanimous vote and is in the I, final. And that insistence, Harry, is what we were looking for in the Stevenage kit, I'm not gonna lie. It's and yeah. Finally, well, finally in the semi-finals, Rochdale versus Exeter. 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 Yeah, Exeter. Yeah. Mm. And that gets a unanimous vote as well. Actually, I'll be honest, I, I feel bad for Charlton and Ex and Rochdale now, because looking at the kids in real life, they look a lot better, to be honest. Mm. So that brings us to our final for worst 
kit and it's League 2's Stevenage versus League 2's Exeter. I am going with Exit Stevenage. Stevenage. Who's going to cast for winning vote for Stevenage? Me, Stevenage. <laughs> Stevenage. <laughs> it's terrible. It is yeah, appalling. Exactly go against the grain on this one. Yeah. It was unanimous throughout. It was unanimous in League Two's kit clash. <laughs> it was unanimous in every stage of this. The worst kit in the top four flights in England is Stevenage's. Well done, Macron. <laughs> well done, Stevenage. Well done, Burger King. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It was the winner from, from episode one. Of it, it was the winner from episode... I think I said there was an, an inevitability about what was coming next. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, it is so bad. I mean, to be honest, their attempts in the past few years have not been much better. Now, to move on to best kit. So, 16 teams enter, four from each league. As we try and find which kit is the best. And we're going to start with Chelsea versus Salford. Chelsea's kit designed by Nike, Salford's designed by Kappa. I'm going to go for Salford. I can't exactly uh, put Salford in there because it was on my worst no, kit uh, list. I'm going for Chelsea. Um, I mean, there's a little bit I'm of going for Chelsea as well. Yeah, there's a little bit of nepotism here, but also Chelsea doesn't have a betting company on the front of it and mm. a poor one at that. So I'm going to go with Chelsea. I'm lone wolfing on Salford. Woo, woo, woo! Oh, you really ha hate that Chelsea you kit. Got to keep that in. I got yeah, I'm oh, I'm totally am. I'm keeping the good morning football vibes going because that's obviously what I'm going to take over once I finish the sports blitz. Let's go on to the next two then. Swansea versus Blackpool. Swansea's kit is designed by Joma. Blackpool's kit designed by Eva, I think. If I'm wrong, then sorry. I'm gonna go with Blackpool. I really liked Blackpool at the time. Yeah, definitely stick with that yeah, one. Yeah, Blackpool definitely. I like that kit. I'm going to lone wolf on Swansea then because well, I really like how that kit looks. Swansea. Are you not? Yeah, Swansea do was the... your one of your favourites in the championship, wasn't it? Yeah, I was surprised by Swansea's yep. nomination to be honest. I mean, it's an okay kit, but that's kind of where it stops for me. Let's go on to the next one then. Huddersfield Town versus Oxford United. Huddersfield Town's kit was designed by Umbro. Oxford's was designed by Puma, and I'm going with Huddersfield. Oxford are in League Two, aren't they? No, League One. League One. Let me just find that kit. Um, if I can remember how. I'm going to go with Oxford. Oxford. I really like how the the yellow and the blue work together. Yeah, I'm going to go Oxford with Will. I think I'll be going with Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield. Tiebreaker required. Tiebreaker. Yeah, definitely. Okay, back in a sec. So, he liked both of them, but he did end up siding with Huddersfield. Huddersfield goes through three votes to two on the second tiebreaker. And next is Wolves versus Bradford. Wolves' kit is designed by Adidas. It's Adidas, isn't it? Yeah. And Bradford's kit is designed by someone. I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. Can anyone see it? I don't know who designed it, because I've not Bradford. got these in front of me. Bradford. Avec. Avec, thank you. I should have known that. I'm going to vote for Wolves. Yep, I'm going Yeah, I Wolves. like Wolves as well. Yeah, vaguely slight nepotism here, being my, my hometown team. But yeah, uh, Wolves. Really and Wolves like wins unanimously. I was very surprised when Bradford got nominated, because again, I just think it's a bit average. It's a bit, it's a bit of a League 2 kit. 
it is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. I, do, I yeah. It doesn't yeah. make it a bad kit. It just makes you know one of the sort of English football league traditional kits. It has got just... a betting sponsor though, so you know. Who is the sponsor? Next, next one, and for me, it's probably the one I'm going to struggle with the most. Manchester United kit designed by Adidas against Forest Green Rovers, who have got a independent firm making theirs. Who made I'm Forest sorry. Greens? We went for United um, for a, a good one. I mean, yes, Ecotricity. No, that they sponsor it. Oh, sorry, Player Layer. Player Layer. That's it. I knew it was a weird name. So Manchester United versus Forest Green Rovers. I mean, I almost put Man United's in my worst kits, so my winner is by a oh. long way Forest Green. I'm going to side with Forest Green, just. Yeah, um, going with Forest Green. I also I like really like Forest kit. Green. It's, so it's, it's, it's okay, but... I, I really like it. I think it's a really nice kit. It, like, it's Man really nice. Yeah, I also think it's a really good kit. Yeah, so nice. Everything about it's really clean and crisp. But anyway, I still prefer Forest Greens. And Forest Greens is the second to become unanimous on the best kit clash. Hull City versus Fleetwood Town. Hull City's kit is designed by Umbro and Forest... Um, Forest Green. And Fleetwood's kit is designed by Hummel. And I'm going to go with Hull City. Oh, Hull, yeah. Yeah, I really like Hull. I the orange and the black stripes, it works really well. Hmm. Hull's Hull City's I liked it anyway, but it's grown on me a little bit. I don't know whether I watched too much Tiger King, but um no, yeah, I'll go with that one. <laughs> yeah, well these could be the Tiger Kings come the end of this. Hull getting a unanimous vote as well. Okay, the next kits are QPR versus Doncaster. QPR's kit designed by Ever. Doncaster Rovers designed by local Doncaster company, Elite Pro Sport. I am. It, it's a tough call, but betting sponsor, so I'm going to go with Doncaster. Do they still um, have that betting sponsor? Yeah, no, it's, it... it's not Royal Panda anymore, it's Bet UK. Oh. I was never that big a fan of the QPR kit anyway, and actually I think the Doncaster... Caster, Doncaster. Yeah, don't don't hurt me. Doncaster. Um, <laughs> their kit's a nicer one anyway. Yeah, I'll join you with that. I have to go Queen's Park Rangers. Oh. Will Lone Wolfing on Queen's Park Rangers. Doncaster is through three votes to one. And finally, the final kit is Liverpool versus Northampton. Liverpool's kit is designed by New Balance. Northampton's is designed by Nike. I am gonna go with Northampton Town. This is going to be a very, very hard one. I'm going to let other people go first, though, because I'm deciding. Oh, Northampton's currently winning 1-0. Yeah, I, I can mean, tell. It's, I'm not, I am biased, but I'm not. I, I just think Northampton's is just a lot better. I'll go with Northampton. 2-0. I think they could have done slightly more with the pinstripes going up the shirt a bit more. They, they never do. It's historical for, that, for Liverpool. All they? the old 80s kits end at the shoulders. Okay. For the for the little white detail on the sleeves, which I don't particularly like, I'm going to go with Northampton. Northampton. Kit. Yeah, I'm going to keep it going with Northampton Town. Northampton, surprising unanimous vote, I'd say. Didn't expect that. I, I always thought that was quite a clean kit anyway. I, I, I'll i be honest, if it wasn't going up against other pools, which I just do not think is nice, especially compared to last year's, I would have not voted for it because I think it's very mediocre. Okay, we're into the final eight then. Eight kits have been eliminated, eight more kits left to go, and we're going to start with Chelsea versus Blackpool, and I'm going to go with Blackpool. 
Hmm. Chelsea. Yeah, I like Blackpool. <sighs> this is a very difficult one. Because we've got two just, very I... nice... Sorry, go, Will. I, I prefer the kind of plain design of Blackpool to whatever Chelsea has going yeah. on on the front of their no, kit. I, I, I see that. I... By the way, you wouldn't be the first person to eliminate your own side. You Remember, I, I eliminated Leeds from best kit due to my vote for them on worst kit. I did vote against United. <laughs> I'm going to go with Chelsea's. Chelsea's, and we have another tiebreaker. Back in a bit. Right, so he had a very immediate negative reaction to one of the kits, didn't like it at all, and that was Chelsea's kit, which means Blackpool's sort of wins by default. I showed him the Blackpool kit, he went, eh. And I showed him the Chelsea kit, he went, no, don't like that. So Blackpool's is through the three votes to two, and next is Huddersfield versus Wolves, and I'm going with Huddersfield. Wolves. I'm going to go with Huddersfield. Huddersfield. It's all on you, Josh. Uh, yeah, Huddersfield. Something of a, a, a bygone age about it. I really like it. Mm, and Huddersfield is through. Will is lone wolfing on wolves. Woo woo. I know, right, fun. Okay, next of the quarterfinals. Forest Green Rovers versus Hull City. Oh, this is tough. No, I've it's got not. no. I've got to go with Forest Green on the grounds of Danvers betting sponsor. I'm I'm going with Forest Green as well. Yeah, I'm we always go with Forest Green. I don't quite think it's as close as that. Honestly, it's Forest is a really really nice kit. Yeah, I mean, we always said the whole city. Kit should have had the tears, you know, the tiger stripes all the way down the shirt. I I disagree with that. Yeah. It would have been too. No, yeah, I, I, I like too it. Weird. Top. I actually really like Hull City. I will keep it going there because I'm a fan of tiger stripes over zebra stripes. <laughs> Green zebras. Yeah, I, I I I think that's fair. If if it hadn't had a betting sponsor, on, I would have easily gone for Hull City. It wouldn't even been a contest. But, unfortunately, it does have a betting sponsor on, so it's still not a contest. Technically, Forest Green does have Sky Bet on the side, but that's not by choice. So, I'm not going to punish them for it. And, finally, Doncaster Rovers versus Northampton, and I'm going with Doncasters. I am probably going to have to go with Northampton. This is a difficult one. This is very difficult. I feel like, yeah, this is the closest one of the this round, to be honest with you. Okay, I don't I'm, think it is, but I think... Uh, I'm going to go with Northampton on the basis that the Doncaster kit looks more like a rugby union kit than a football kit. Okay. Ooh. I am genuinely torn here. Um, and because I'm genuinely torn, I'd rather send it to a tie-break than... Okay. Oh, so great choice. is voted in. They're two all, and we have another tie-breaker. Okay, I'll be back in a sec. No bias, no bias. Right, so my dad had an interesting decision to make, because on the one hand, he's from Doncaster, but on the other hand, he's worked with the University of Northampton in the past, so obviously he has good feelings about them. However, he decided to go for Doncaster. Doncaster wins. Doncaster gets the final. 
nomination for the semi-finals. He said that he just prefers the colours of Donny's kit, and I agree with him. Okay, let's go on to the semi-finals then. And first of all, League One versus the Championship, Blackpool versus Huddersfield Town. I am going with Huddersfield. Again. Uh, I'm going to jump ship again from Huddersfield and go to Blackpool. That's Blackpool fine. is my choice as well. Yes. Josh? Yeah, yeah, Blackpool. Wow, that is the shock of the round thus far. I am lone wolfing on Huddersfield. Woo, woo, woo! Blackpool, please stop doing that. No. <laughs> Blackpool is in the final. Blackpool's is just... Their sponsor is Visit Blackpool. It's not like it's Visit Rwanda. <laughs> hey! And finally, the final semi-final. Forest Green versus Doncaster, and I'm going to go with Forest Green. Forest Green. Yes, Forest Green. It's it's obviously Forest Green. Okay, then. And we have our grand final. Vote in the wrong button team. This is actually going to be very difficult. <laughs> right. So, the grand final for best home kit in the country. A bit different I would have been when I was planning this out as a solo journey, but I'm glad I have friends for this now. So, the final. I'll go back through the details. First of all is Blackpool. Blackpool are in League 1 and their kit is designed by Erva. Forest Green, meanwhile, are in League 2 and their kit is designed by Player Layer. It's Blackpool versus Forest Green for the final. The Tangerines against the Green Zebras. I am quite comfortably going to go for Forest Green Rovers. Yeah, well, I, I really, really like the Blackpool kits. I think Forrest takes the cake um, and a well-deserved winner. Yeah, brilliant stuff. Okay, yeah. Forrest Green has two, which means whoever casts the next Forrest Green vote, if there is a next Forrest Green vote, gives it to Forrest Green. I'll put it over the top, I guess. I really like Forest Green. It's a bold design. It works well. I like that their uniforms are eco-friendly. I like that, um, you know, they chose to be sponsored by a, a nice company. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Forest Greens is an eccentric but amazing kit. Um, Fifty percent made of bamboo. Um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, obviously it's going to be a one-off sort of. Do you remember that time Forest Green had that mad kit? They might do one on for next season, but that will go down as one of the weirdest but coolest kits I think ever made. So yeah, yeah Forest Green. And that means we have a unanimous winner in the final of Kit Clash. Congratulations to Forest Green Rovers and Player Layer for designing what we think is the best home kit in England. Well, hey. And that brings to the end Home Kit Clash. We might come back to do Away Kit Clash eventually. But the final results, both unanimous finals. Stevenage and Macron have the worst home kit in the country. And Forest Green Rovers and Player Layer have the best home kit in the country. Okay, let's move on to Overwatch then. Will, you have some news from Overwatch for us? I do, and it has been a hell of a week for Overwatch Esports. We have seen the departure of Overwatch League MVP and World Cup MVP Sinatra to go and play Valorant, a move that has been greeted by great sadness in the community. Basically, this is him pulling a Michael Jordan. He won everything there was to win. He won a Grand Finals. He won two sets of MVPs. He has won the World Cup. There's nothing left for him to accomplish, you know? Um, and while it is sad that he's leaving his team, especially in the middle of the season, um, we are happy to see... We are, you know, sad to see him go, but we wish him every success. 
The second big chunk of drama actually needs a bit of prefacing. And to do that, Alex, I'm going to ask you this question. Is it worse to start with a unsuccessful roster and continue to be unbelievably trash? Or is it worse to have a successful roster and then run it into the ground through mismanagement? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? I've just been watching the Seattle Mariners and they ran a great roster into the ground. But they have the memories from that wonderful roster, so I'm going to say that. To run a good roster into the ground yeah. is worse? No, it's better. Alrighty then. Uh, okay. Well, you're probably more of a fan that the Shanghai Dragons is the worst organization in Overwatch. A team who went 0-40 and 40 in the inaugural season, That's literally great. didn't win a game, and was the longest losing streak in professional sports history. However, more recently, the Vancouver Titans have been experiencing what looks to be the release of almost their entire roster. That doesn't sound great. In the middle of the season. That sounds even After worse. they were picked up as a unit at... So, okay, to, to put it in perspective, before they were the Vancouver Titans, they were a team called Runaway. They had this long and glorious history in the pre-Overwatch League era. They were underdogs. They came out of nowhere. They wore pink sweaters as their uniforms. They did well, though they never quite could win it. Eventually, they finally won Korean Contenders, which is the kind of Tier 2 title in Overwatch. So, when the expansion came along, they were picked up as an entire team by the organization that is now the Vancouver Titans. During this time, it was, it was said that the organization wasn't the happiest having to buy out their entire team, but they wanted to play as a unit, and when they got to the Overwatch League, they proved why. They went undefeated for two straight um, stages in Season 2, before finally losing in a climactic seven-map series to the San Francisco Shock in the Stage wow, 2 Finals. They wouldn't, they wouldn't lose... A regular season game until game 19 of 28. Wow. They made their way to the grand finals and they lost to the San Francisco Shock. In the offseason, they lost their uh, main tank player Bumper, picked up Fisher and Ryu J. Hong, two accomplished players. Fisher was known for being a bit of a drama queen, but on the Titans, he seemed to calm down. He seemed to do it well. Whereas Ryu J. Hong was a veteran presence on the Seoul Dynasty, one of the most accomplished players in the game but had never won a title in the Overwatch League, and to get success, he joined with the Vancouver Titans. More recently, there were a lot of issues. The organization seemed to want to move them back to Korea, but basically the second they moved back to Korea, they wanted to move them back to, the, to, to North America, to Canada, where they had a facility set up for them. Now, I don't know if you've heard, but there's a bit of a pandemic going around, which means that <laughs> quarantine is a hell of a thing. Which means when they went back to Korea, they had to sit for two weeks in quarantine. When they go back to Canada, they're going to have to sit another two weeks in quarantine without access to, you know, uh, a scrim environment, without access to good enough PCs to play Overwatch at a high level. It's just mismanagement. More recently, all of the players of the Vancouver Titans removed any links to the Vancouver Titans on their social media. And they've just released Janu, who was their off-tank player, and Pajon, who was their coach. Rumors coming out of the Chinese scene have also suggested that all of the players of the Vancouver Titans have been released, and that Vancouver Titans is instead going to pick up wholesale a team from North American contenders. Oh, wow. This is 
the absolute bungling, the mismanagement of the highest order of a championship-level team I have ever seen in the Overwatch League. To create this team, to foment all of this discord with a team that had played together for years, you know, to have these players who had been part of the original Overwatch, uh, the original roster of Runaway all the way back in 2016 leave to, to release them without even so much as a, you know, without really giving a good reason why picking up new main tanks, uh, when they released Bumper in the offseason, it's ridiculous. And it, it's just mismanagement at the highest level. This is the reason why people say Overwatch League esports are not going to succeed. This bungling of rosters and salaries and yeah. players in general. Yeah, to be honest, I follow a lot of sports and I've seen a lot of poor management decisions. That is really high up there. That could take, like, the top crown. Yeah. That is no, absolutely it is bad. ridiculous. And again, it's only beat out by the fact that the Shanghai Dragons, in their first season of the Overwatch League, went 40-0 and for the longest losing streak in professional sports history. They had a winless season. They were a trash team. Hmm. Overwatch League's a hell of a thing. I love it. Yeah. But <laughs> things like this make me depressed for the future of the sport as a whole. So it is still going, though. It is still going. We still have games this weekend. We have a couple of fixtures coming up. Uh, let me just check the schedule real quick. Uh, week 13, we have the New York Excelsior versus the Shanghai Dragons, which will be really interesting. It'll see where New York shakes out on the scale. They've come back into the Overwatch League, and they've done it with great force, absolutely stomping on teams. We have uh, the Philadelphia Fusion versus the Paris Eternal again, another match that will prove to be very interesting and that I think will... will go very well and the los angeles valiant versus the atlanta rain check all of those games out they are going to prove to be very interesting games and uh you know look forward to see how they go okay let's move on to news in brief and i'll start with football in brief american football in response to the covid19 pandemic roger goodell has voluntarily requested that his salary be reduced to zero so really nice of you Roger Goodell, he's been doing a lot of good things um, since the coronavirus mm. pandemic started, so credit to him. Jaguars quarterback and rocket scientist Joshua Dobbs has said he worked a three-week program at NASA during the early part of the offseason. He is one of the smartest men on the football field, and I love him because he used to be the Pittsburgh Steelers backup quarterback, and I kind of wish he was still there, but he's not. And Rob Gronkowski says he was joking around about saying that he had the Buccaneers playbook before being traded by the Patriots. Which is what he has to say, because otherwise that's tampering, which is also <laughs> ironic. Um, it's tampering. Hey, I'm funny. Um, here all week, folks. Don't forget to tip your waitress. Let's go on to soccer in brief, then. And David Putin has hit out against the people who say the season should be voided. He said, quote, If you voted against it purely because you saw Leeds there, at the top, obviously, then that's not in the spirit. Leeds people off at times and that's just the very nature of what a big football club does top on absolutely fantastic that's exactly the same so, with Liverpool yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic yeah. comment by Sir David Putton there who used to be Jesus when he played really? for Leeds yeah he had really long hair and oh. he looked like he, he was called Jesus by the so, so, so he's like Andy Carroll oh no it was much better than Andy Carroll oh, he much was actual better. Okay. Jesus 
Anyway, Alan Pardew has left his role as manager of Dutch club ADO Den Haag by mutual consent, yeah, following the club's survival from relegation. But yeah, it yeah. wasn't working. Was survival, it? asterisk. Yeah. 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 That's that's where you truly have to win an asterisk, is for any any team who wins the league next season, asterisk. Yeah. If, if the season's voided. Hmm. Um, we'll move on then. Manchester United have said they'll deliver 60,000 prepared meals for NHS staff as part of the ongoing efforts to tackle the coronavirus crisis. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, you can't do a slow clap, I realise, because then it sounds like you're doing it sarcastically. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to say Manchester United are not the only club doing stuff like this. Um, I would also, because I follow Chelsea, obviously, that yeah. uh, Chelsea has been doing a lot. I know Brighton had done a lot. Aston Villa had been doing a lot. So we're not just giving a big shout out to Man United, a team I despise, um, <laughs> but to all teams across Europe uh, yeah. and the world that are doing what they can. Absolutely. We'll the stick on the theme of Manchester United. They have been granted permission to trial 1,500 barrier seats at Old Trafford, which is safe standing. Yeah. <laughs> I probably shouldn't have clapped as enthusiast- more enthusiastically than I did for helping NHS workers, yeah. but I absolutely love this. I mean, yes. safe, stand- safe standing happens in Germany, um, where it's done very successfully. You have to think of the yellow wall, and yeah, the ends at the Allianz Arena in Munich. Um, obviously, safe standing has been outlawed in this country since, because since people the are Hills- Hillsborough disaster. That. Um, that wasn't the reason Hillsborough happened. It was no, pens. It no, it wasn't. But um, fences. I mean, at Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. You can see at some ends, it just becomes safe standing anyway because people just yeah. don't sit down. So, well, no, that's the problem is that having seen it at Leeds, if you know, you're a bit cosy if you decide to stand up, and so it's it can be unsafe. Getting safe standing mm. would make it so much better. We're not going to sit down, that ruins it. Sitting down mm-hmm. at a football match is weird and unnatural. Now, say standing makes it so much better. The, the stadiums where fans stand are also coincidentally the stadiums with the best atmosphere. Try figure that one out. That's interesting. There must be some ones of good no, atmosphere. No, there's not. That's interesting. No, all, all of the good stadiums have that. Even think about the COP, right? Since the COP yeah. went to being seated, it has lost all of its atmosphere. I'm sure they've lost some, but they still have great atmospheres. I mean, Yeah, yeah, but the best ones have all, have all come from standing stands. But anyway, we'll move on. Yeah. Um, the Premier League wrote to the US government in February, urging it to keep Saudi Arabia on a watch list because it said the country, and this is a quote here, remained a centre for piracy regarding illegal broadcasts. Mm. Um, yes, but also so is the rest of the world, Premier yeah. League. Just make it free to air. Yeah. Wouldn't that be simpler? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anybody and their dog can find an illegal broadcast of the Premier League. I just want them to end the three o'clock blackout. That's all I care about. Oh, so you can watch a game at Saturday at three o'clock? Yeah, at sensible o'clock, when football should be played. Meanwhile, FIFA is preparing to press the authorities in Switzerland to prosecute Sepp Blatter for alleged corruption after the Swiss Attorney General dropped part of its investigation, despite police reports listing years of apparent gifts and payments provided to then-Vice President Jack Warner in return for votes for Blatter in FIFA presidential elections. That quote comes from The Guardian. It shows how willing though FIFA are to turn on people once. Don't don't think you're ever that FIFA's ever going to be friendly to you just because you seemingly help it. 
It doesn't I care. Mean, it's survival is more important. There'll be some page where you could list all of Blatter's things. He did well for football. And I'm sure he did do some good things. FIFA has been on a mission since they got rid of Blatter to really run him into the ground, to really... Do you blame say, them? Well, it's just like... It's the only thing that's going to keep their, legacy, their reputation up. Sorry? It's the only thing that's going to keep their reputation... Well, yeah, well, yeah, sorry. That's what, yeah, sorry. If, that's... if they... If they don't rid themselves of Blatter, then it will suddenly become... It will go from being Blatter's corruption to FIFA to corruption, FIFA. like I, it I was mean, when Blatter was there. That's what they're I've, trying to do. They're yeah. trying to move all of the blame onto Seth Blatter. I've, I've heard rumours that they're going to have another look into uh, the Germany bid for the 2006 World Cup. And FIFA is trying to make a break from the past to the new FIFA we're yeah. seeing today. Which is a bit weird because they have to host the 2022 World Cup in Qatar. Yeah, which is which, just unbelievable. Yeah. They really should have stripped that a while ago because yeah. it's so obvious um, that that was won through Absolutely. wheeler dealings. And finally, Erling Braut Haaland talked about PSG mimicking his goal celebration. He said, quote, I think they helped me a lot to get meditation out in the world and to show the whole world that meditation is an important thing. So I'm thankful that they helped me with that just brilliant best way I mean, to respond Haaland is a very because he's scored so many goals and he's so deadly up front he can just laugh at all this stuff because he, all they, all you can say is they're mimicking him because he's doing well rent free yeah yeah final story from soccer Mauricio Pochettino linked with Newcastle could be paid upwards of £19 million a year yeah we've had a couple yeah. of managers linked with Newcastle him being one of them he was on BT Sport for his sort of debut with them effectively and was saying that he would love to return to the Premier League mm. is what my take was it's a final final story I just want to mention before we go to other sports in brief and that's Cesc Fabregas saying to Monaco that he doesn't want any of his wages and they should donate it to local charities yeah, and nice hospitals give another clap because mm. that's good from Fabregas yeah Let's go to other sports in brief. And Elliot Friedman on NHL Network has said the 2020 draft in NHL will not be in Montreal. It will be online, obviously the correct move. Rugby League is set to receive £16 million from the government to help safeguard the future of the sport. Again, good move. And finally, my favourite story of the week, by a mile, the NBA is considering staging all games at Disney World and its sports (laughs) complex, which holds multiple high-end basketball courts. If I remember, and I don't know if it's opened yet, they were proposing something called NBA V Experience, which was going to have a load of big basketball, NBA-sized basketball courts. So <laughs> I, I do actually think this is more reasonable than it sounds. And of course, the ties to ESPN with Disney, quite yeah, easy to do it there. It does actually make it easy because you can it, put it's better up than all Vegas. the players. Yeah, all the players can be put up in the hotels. hotels which are shut down because there's no one there. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely you're, you're brilliant. On location. I, I, I do actually um, agree with it. Anyway... Let's move on. Okay, let's go on to On This Day, and it's Will starting. In 1939, Lou Gehrig ends his 2,130th consecutive game streak as New York Yankees beat the Detroit Tigers 22-2. On this day in 1962, in the European Cup final, Eusebio scores twice as defending champions Benfica beat Real Madrid 5-3 for their second and final European Cup. Pushkas hits all three for Madrid. In 1968, in the 22nd NBA Finals, the Boston Celtics beat the Los Angeles Lakers four games to two for their 10th NBA Championship, ending a painful, miserable, horrible drought of two years. It's the first championship win under new head coach Bill Russell. Uh, In 1975, 
David Beckham is born. Beckham played for Manchester United, Real Madrid, AC Milan and the LA Galaxy among others. Beckham played 523 matches and scored 97 times. At national level, Beckham won 115 caps for his country, scoring 17 times and catching three lines 59 times. In 1976, the Spanish Grand Prix is held. James Hunt wins for McLaren with Nicky Lauda in second and Gunnar Nilsson completing the podium. The race will most be remembered for Tyrrell debuting their six-wheeled car. Hunt was initially disqualified after the race due to his car being too wide, but this was later turned overturned in court. In 1978, in the NFL draft, running back Earl Campbell went first to the Houston Oilers. Meanwhile, fellow Hall of Famer Ozzie Newsom went 23rd to the Cleveland Browns, and Warren Moon went undrafted and was signed by the Houston Oilers. That is unbelievable. Imagine. Yeah. Imagine getting Warren Moon as an undrafted free agent. No, right. And I, I don't know if Ozzie Newsom, because I'll be honest, this is the area of NFL history I'm a bit murky on, but I don't know if Ozzie Newsom's a Hall of Famer for his playing days or for his time as GM of the Baltimore Ravens, but still. In 1988, Cincinnati Reds manager Pete Rose is suspended for 30 days for pushing an umpire, the last controversial thing to ever be linked with Pete Rose, definitely. In 1999, John Elway announced his retirement from the NFL. The career Devon Broncos, mine is a draft day, won two Super Bowls in the Mile High City where he is now the GM. And loves, loves to draft tall white quarterbacks. <laughs> I, I, I really think you're a great fit for our side. Sir, that's a mop. Still, I like that it's tall. <laughs> on, this, <laughs> on this day in 2011, Norwich beat Portsmouth 1-0 at Fratton Park and are promoted to the Premier League, their second promotion in a row. Uh, Simon Jackson gets the only goal of the game. Do you not know Cinnamon Jackson? <laughs> this is what Paul Merson called him on Soccer Saturday. Cinnamon. Simeon. Anyway, in 2012, Lionel Messi breaks the European goal-scoring record with 68 goals in a single season. In 2015, Floyd Mayweather Jr. beats Manny Pacquiao on points in 12 rounds in World Welterweight Unification Fight. And in 2016, Chelsea and Tottenham draw two all at Stamford Bridge, which hands Leicester City for Premier League title. The Foxes had been 5,000-1 to to win the league at the start of the year, but stunned everyone to claim the crown, the greatest Premier League season yeah, of the, all to time. This, to this day, that game was one of the best games I think I've ever seen. That was absolutely fantastic. And straight afterwards, so dramatic. straight afterwards, about 10 minutes after, there was a sonic boom heard in the Yorkshire region, because I think some jet fighters had been scrambled. But I always remember saying it was the earth responding to Leicester City <laughs> winning the Premier League. <laughs> Leicester have won the league?! Boom. Yeah, there were so many cards in that game as well because it was classic yeah. Chelsea top. Uh, sorry, Chelsea Tottenham fighting. Yeah, you know, Costa, Dembele. Red card in that bloody game. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was funny though. Completely lost their heads. And also because I've said Sonic Boom, if you want more good sports content, I've started listening to a Ringer and Luminary podcast called Sonic Boom, which is about how the Seattle Supersonics left Seattle. It's really good. I'd really recommend it. Anyway, let's go on to the two-minute drill. If the NBA was to resume, who would be the favourite? I'm going to say the Bucks, just because they're well-rested, and Yanis is Yanis, and Yanis can keep doing Yanis things. So I, I, I definitely have to say... I have to save the box at this point. The Knicks! No. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say the Lakers. 
Yeah, I think that's the other fair call. You could put the Clippers in there, but I've just not been convinced this year as a, like over the Lakers in the West. So I'm still going to go with them. Minus Jurgen Klopp, who is the Premier League Manager of the Year so far, I will warn you, there is only one correct answer. There's two. Wilder, surely. Chris Wilder is the correct answer. It's Chris Wilder or Brendan Rodgers? Chris Wilder. On paper, Sheffield United should have been relegated quite comfortably this year. Yeah, I think they were people's favourites too. Yeah, I, I think I put them 20th. And... To be pushing for Europe, it's just unbelievable. So for me, it's it's got to be Wilder. If it wasn't for this, for the otherworldly season Liverpool be, were ha- are having, he'd be by miles for favourite. If Aaron Rodgers was to leave the Packers, where should he go? Oh, could I be controversial? Should I be controversial? Tampa Bay Bucks. That's the point of this. The Patriots. Yeah, Patriots. I think he'll go to the Jets for a year. <laughs> and then the Vikings, by any chance. And then the Vikings, and then maybe the Atlanta Falcons as well. Yeah, well, just to complete the cycle. Yeah. There's not a chance yeah. he's just going to go to the Bucks just to join up with the other two? No, because that would be stupid. That would, would be ridiculous. That would be the dumbest idea that anyone has ever had. You don't have Rodgers as a backup. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. Oh, that's a, not a good use of your money. He's a quarterback as well. I He's don't a quarterback. Yeah, oh, yeah I see. Fair. that makes a lot more sense now. Yeah. From our first episode, one of the first questions we did on the two-minute drill: the best name for a London NFL franchise. There is only one right answer. Taxes. No. The London taxes. <laughs> the London Bridge. So when they fail, we can say the London Bridge has fallen down. Yeah, I, I don't think being open to easy criticism is really the idea you're going for when naming a team. Ah, fair enough. If the Overwatch League fails, then... Spitfire. Then London Spitfires. Yeah. Yes, I know an that's Overwatch a, thing. I really like that name. one. promise that'd be the mm. third team with Spitfires a name because the Kent Spitfires of a T20 team for Kent. Yeah. Ooh, how shall they oh. ever, the ever NFL. be distinguished? The NFL is trembling. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, sorry, so what's Josh's answer? Uh, I know it's on Madden, and I'm going to get Kane for it, but I still like the Bulldogs. But while I'm going Ooh, for a name on Bulldogs. Madden, I'm going for a name on Madden, but it's because it's the name of the old NFL Europe team that everyone fell in love with in the 90s, the London Monarchs. It's got to be the London Monarchs. I'm, I'm You've go... got to bring back the London Monarchs. I'm going to go slightly controversial given history and go the Redcoats. Ooh, I like it. I really like it. I do That's not. Good. I mean, uh, that versus the, the, the Patriots London... would be a fun oh, matchup. Actually, yeah, the yeah, London but... Lobsters, oh, the London oh, Lobsters versus the New England Patriots. <laughs> anyway, Ooh. yeah, that's tasty. Right, especially because the uh, Patriots have the Minutemen as the mascot. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Next question. Okay, so uh, best NFL stadium, Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or Wembley? Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, any pitch that moves gets my vote. Yeah. Yeah, Hotspur. It's also a nicer stadium. It's been... Um, it's also purpose-built. ...designed for, you know, the NFL, hasn't it? Yeah. And, you know, as much as I like the, the London games at Wembley, it's just... It doesn't seem the same. Hmm. Okay, uh, so uh, your second favourite NFL team... Um, the New York Giants. I've watched them. Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Uh, why? 
I really appreciate how good Russell Wilson is. I appreciate their history as having the Legion of Boom. I Fair. just think that they are a good team with a lot of potential. And honestly, just Russell Wilson blows me away. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, for me, it's between three teams because I just don't follow NFL that much. I mean, obviously, New Orleans Saints I've watched before, which would be a good choice. I mean, I love San Francisco as a city, so I could go the 49ers, but as a Raiders fan, that's like, yeah, that's... No, you can't do that. And then the other one being the Seahawks. I don't know why I like the Seahawks. I mean, I just like Seattle. <laughs> but um, I'll go Saints simply because I've watched them play. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, first. Um, relatively easy for me, when I first got into the NFL, um, was the year Russell Wilson led um, Seahawks to the Super Bowl. Um, he had a fantastic season, really sort of cemented my interest in the NFL uh, plus you know the fans at Central Lake Field fantastic so yeah gotta be the Seahawks and anyway that's all the time we have on today's Sports Blitz thank you for listening my fans go to Harry, Josh and Will the intro and end music for the Sports Blitz was provided by Kevin McLeod in Competech.com we're back on Tuesday on University Radio York so I hope you tune in then 6pm until then I've been Alex Woodward and don't just have a good weekend like the best play in NFL history have an immaculate one goodbye <laughs>